Hello and welcome to this edition of Irreligiosophy, the one true podcast, where God has been touching our stones since January of 2009. And because of this, I no longer hide my stones under a bush. Did you ever hide your stones under a bush? Well, I'm still waiting for my bush to grow in, so I apparently know. <laughs> like a newborn 10-year-old. <laughs> That's not by choice, then. Apparently. Not by choice, yes. All right, so the uh, skunk dick this week, uh, there's only really one choice. Yeah, and it's relatively unsurprising which choice it is. Yeah, um, for those of you who don't know, we've been off the air for three weeks. We were actually raptured a week ago before it was cool to be raptured. Well, we always try to do things ahead of the crowd, and it's kind of our fault that Jesus didn't come. Uh, There was a drinking incident, so... Yeah, it turns out Jesus is a raging booze hound. Who would have thought? <laughs> well, see, it's, it's not the booze hounding that really put me off with Jesus. It's the fact that we bought him a transvestite just to mess with him, and he took the transvestite home. What does that say? We haven't seen him since, so uh, I don't know what that says. I find it interesting yeah, well, that the only virgins up here in heaven are uh, 10-year-old boys. Interesting, well, but not surprising. There. Yeah, <laughs> it's apparently a Catholic priest heaven. <laughs> so uh, the um, skunk dick of the week is Harold Camping, uh, a prophet uh, of the uh, rapture that was supposed to occur on May 21st. Now, you might be surprised to learn, Leighton, that the rapture actually did occur, uh, but just spiritually. Well, see, I'm not surprised in the least because uh, I was predicting that as soon as it happened. Uh, when when the rapture didn't happen, they were going to extend the time. Oops, we did the math wrong. It was beginning, blah, 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 all the regular bullshit they spit out when nothing happened. Well, you know, it's exactly what the Seventh-day Adventists said when their little second coming didn't occur. Uh, by the way, it happened, it was just invisible. No one, No one noticed. Yeah. Like, way to go, God. <laughs> All powerful, and uh, he just kind of sneaks the rapture in. So it happens spiritually, and um, uh, interesting. He says, you know, it was supposed to be a five-month trial of, of tribulation and misery, but his excuse is that God's so kind that uh, he, he wouldn't inflict pain on people for five months because he's so compassionate. So he's just going to compress it all on October 21st, which was, you know, their original day for the end of the world. So it's still on, and uh, they really mean it this time. It really, it's going to happen October 21st. And because God has decided to turn over a new kind of leaf, he is also getting rid of hell entirely. So no more pain and punishment for eternity. Yeah, they don't like the concept of hell. Again, it's, you know, it, it's uh, it's these moderate Christians that... Yeah, they pick and they choose. They, uh, um, I, I almost respect the fundamentalists more because they actually take their religion seriously. You know what I mean? And they actually follow the guidelines that are written down. I mean, they're total crazy ass um, dicks, but at least they're consistent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's less interpretation to try and make their beliefs fit in with their logic 
logical views or whatever logical standpoint they are at that point. Their beliefs are totally irrational, but they don't give two shits about it because it says it in the Bible. The the moderate Christians are like, yeah, well, that's irrational. I don't like that. That seems too mean to me. Um, they have no reason for excluding it other than that it just it hurts their heart. It hurts their feelings to think that God might be mean. <laughs> Forget the fact that he's commanded, yeah, forget the fact that he's commanded rape and murder and uh, you name whatever evil crime uh, you want, God's committed it. But, you know, heaven forbid that he be mean to people. Yes, yes, because God is the kind and caring one. And, uh, yeah, yeah you know, people, uh, all those who follow religion, really, fuck you all. At this point, <laughs> just fuck you. Read your Bibles. Uh, God is a fucking dick. And I love, I read an article saying that, you know, Harold Camping is making Christianity look bad. No. <laughs> no. Christianity makes Christianity look bad. Yeah, it's pretty much done its job over the last 2,000 years all by itself. Yeah, and, and this is kind of one of the reasons why I, I think atheists really need to start standing up at this point. I mean, uh, are we really going to put up with more of this bullshit coming from camping and then uh, people like that woman that slit her daughter's throats because she didn't want them to go through the rapture? I mean, literally, what the fuck? Let's, uh, religion's had its day. This is not uh, without its consequences. Harold Camping has not apologized. People have lost their life savings, wandering around Times Square, totally bewildered that they weren't fucking uh, floated up into heaven. The woman apparently slit her uh, daughter's throats, tried to kill herself because she didn't want her um, daughters to live through that five years of, of utter misery that apparently uh, Harold Camping was wrong about. Because, oh, oh, by the way, God's too nice for that. Sorry that you yeah. already killed your daughters. Yeah, oops. My bad for putting the goddamn billboards out there everywhere, but I'm not responsible. It's uh, it's you that's responsible. Right. Um, I, I would recommend to everybody that uh, if you want to send money to Harold Camping, send your spiritual money. Just like a fucking <laughs> spiritual rapture happened. Send your fucking spiritual money. Yeah. yeah. Tell no, Harold I Camping to lay, lay up his treasures in heaven and not on earth, you fucker. Uh, I agree, you know, and I, I this is another strike against the accommodationists. You know, when Harold Camping and, and these these people in the in the rapture movement uh, are faced with the bare fact that they're not fucking raptured up into heaven, there were no earthquakes. What what do they do? They experience this cognitive dissonance. They feel terrible. Oh my God, what something's going on? I can't. What do they do? Do they say, Oh well, I guess I was wrong? No. Do they, they be reasonable about, about it and no. find some other excuse? hoping that no one will notice they made a mistake. Right, and this happens over and over again. It's the same fucking excuse every goddamn time. Every time Jehovah's Witness do it, the Seventh-day Adventists do it, the same fucking excuse. Oh, it's spiritual. Yeah, and the problem I have is uh, he needs to be crucified at this point. I don't like accommodationists because if you keep allowing this behavior, it's going to happen every ten years, every five years. It's cyclical. It's going to go over and over again, so enough of the bullshit. Crucify the fucker. Uh, <laughs> really? You want to crucify him? Uh, might as well. He did it for Jesus is coming. Why not? <laughs> right. He, he should share in the uh, uh, demise of his Lord and Savior, right? It'll put him closer with his imaginary friend. Listen, um, the accommodationist main point is don't offend people 
because they'll shut off their brain and they won't listen to you. Hey, they're not fucking listening to you. When you predict a rapture, you say, as Harold Camping did, I know this beyond a shadow of a doubt. This is absolutely certain. And then it's radically disconfirmed. He doesn't go, oh, I was wrong, I'm sorry. He says, oh, God's not mean enough to do that. He's going to compress it all in one day because he's really kind. That's the answer. I was just thinking too factually. The Bible's a spiritual book. They don't fucking listen. They don't listen. So fucking ridicule them. Yeah. Uh, ridicule them, mock them, scorn them. Spouts a religious thing, laugh at them. Literally, this is the only way to control the problem. Because if you are talking to a religious person, the only thing they're thinking is, "Oh, you're just cursed by the devil or something." They're not listening. Laugh at their beliefs. Show them how stupid and silly they are. Thomas Jefferson, one of our founding fathers, ridicule is the only weapon which can be used against unintelligible propositions. This is to the point where fuck rationality, fuck reason, ridicule these bastards. I want people to be embarrassed to admit that they believe in Christianity or any irrational religious beliefs. I want it to be embarrassing and shameful. They should be embarrassed. They should be. All right. Speaking of unintelligible propositions and ridicule, wait, 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 wait. Before we go into that, we were supposed to give a shout-out to people like three months ago. Well, see, I blame them for that because uh, I invited them to uh, to actually come onto the show and and give the shout out. So they kept planning barbecues and canceling. So I blame them for not giving shout out. So, well, let's go ahead and give a shout out to them. They're actually they're an atheist group at BYU. So they're actually risking their. Uh, what little education they're getting at BYU. <laughs> they're risking it to, by getting kicked out, right? Because it's part of the honor code. you got to believe in God or some sort of supreme being. you got to have an ecclesiastical recommend, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, to even get in there, you need that ecclesiastical. Now, uh, they are known as the Atheists of Utah County, and every Monday they have what's known as Godless Coffee, where they meet at the Coffee Pot in Provo, and uh, they regularly have barbecues and get-togethers, things like that. So they're actually a, a good group to look up and uh, and get in touch with, especially if you're down in that area. Yeah, these barbecues probably happen. They're just too embarrassed to have you there. Yeah, see, that's what I was kind of guessing. I mean, uh, literally, would you want uh, me, just some Neanderthal, wandering in and grabbing food off of people's plates. It's probably not such a lowbrow atheist thing. So all those going there, you've, you've got a good chance. Right. It's it's like the um, Groucho Marx thing where I wouldn't want to be a part of a group that would have me as a member. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's probably a good point. All right, on to Crazy Book of Mormon stories, the the meat of the podcast. Yes, and there are far too many to choose from, so once again, you're getting the quipped down version. The what? Quipped. (laughs) (laughs) I meant to say clipped, so that's my fucking ass. (laughs) You're getting the quipped down version. Yes, the quipped down version. Whatever the fuck that means. Yes, you'll learn. All right, um, where'd we leave off last time? Crazy Book of Mormon Stories. Uh, the only thing I wanted to mention from last time is uh, Charlie interrupted before I could bring it up, but uh, in, during the two atheists that Anyway, were I think brought... we were at uh, Abinadi is what it was. Yeah, we were up to Abinadi. All right, well, let's go with Abinadi then. You <laughs> You fucker. See what I did there? <laughs> yes, I believe you interrupted again. <laughs> 
No, I, Go ahead. Something about atheists. Yeah, well, uh, the one uh, thing I wanted to point out about the atheists in the Book of Mormon I brought up is both of them received miracles. The first time, the prophet actually did the miracle. The That's second right. time, the prophet said, I'm not going to tempt God, but if God wants to. So both times, the atheists in the Book of Mormon received miracles. So why the fuck can't I? Right. They asked for miracles. They got them. Hey, God, strike me dumb. Yeah. Strike me deaf, strike me mute, do a fucking miracle. And the worst, or the funniest thing of all, is both atheists died. One died suddenly, fell into bed, and then said, I have believed all along, right. I just didn't want to. JK. And then the other one that went dumb was wandering up and down the streets and got ran over by, I don't know, like some random horses or something. Yeah, he spent the rest of his life homeless and a yeah, beggar. as a beggar. So uh, thanks said, for pointing out that people who are slightly handicapped have nothing better to do but beg for scraps. He also said, oh, by the way, I also believed all along. <laughs> yes, he did say that as well. He scrawled it yeah. on the ground. Yeah. So uh, but basically... They they got their miracle right. Yeah, they regardless, did they got their miracle. They got their miracle. All right, so uh, now we can go into a. Let's, let's move to Abinadi. Here's yes. the story of Abinadi. That that's pretty much the story of Abinadi. What yeah. a fucking horrible story that these children. <laughs> yeah, literally, this is a children's song. That when Charlie started playing it, I started singing along. I haven't heard this song since I was in primary. Yeah, they're singing about the fucking martyrdom of this old dude. Yeah. Oh, he died. I, I wish the king would let me go free, but no, I died righteously. So here's the story. There's this wicked king Noah. This is probably, what, about 150 uh, yeah, B.C.? This is uh, just before the coming of Christ. It's one of the last uh, real times that they prophesy about Christ coming to the Americas. So Abinadi uh, is like one of the prophets of the Old Testament. Um, amazing coincidence. Yes, surprise, surprise. He's drawn up in front of the kings in chains. He, he first, he, um, the, the Nephites, uh, the Lamanites have taken over, I think... Um, the, the city of Nephi, which is traditionally the the righteous city, the, the capital of the Nephites, and the righteous city. So Lamanites have taken over, and King Noah is a wicked king, and so he uh, starts uh, preaching against King Noah, and King Noah sends a bunch of people out to go get all the people. Abinadi runs away. All right. <laughs> well, he's got some sense. <laughs> now we're talking. Uh, he spends a couple years, who knows where. Comes back. Yeah, I think he was hiding as a beggar. I don't they know. They said or something like that. He know. comes back and starts preaching, preaching against King Noah again. And so, for some reason, Noah's upset by they, this. I don't know why. Yeah, I mean, the Romans accepted free speech. <laughs> so uh, he is caught, um, put in chains, and brought before the king. I guess he said that um, Noah's life would be valued even as a garment in a hot furnace. Uh, they keep that in mind. Yes, it's that, very important. That's a little foreshadowing, a little really? literary device. Wow. I, I... <laughs> <laughs> so he's turned over to King Noah and his priests, um, one of whom, by the way, is Alma the Elder. Yes, and he is the only one who truly 
listens in his heart to Abinadi and even attempts to stop the king. Right. So there's a trial. He's brought up in charges of prophecy. I love that they have a king and yet there's a trial. What the fuck? (laughs) There's a trial. I love how the king is... um, Personally presides over all the fucking trials. There's no court system. It's just the king. Yeah, the king instead instead of, oh, king, this guy's been talking against you. Eh, kill him. It's, why don't we hear what this guy has to say? Because that that happens all the time in the... King's judge, jury, and executioner. But let's have a fucking trial. Yeah. So he's dragged in chains on charges of blasphemy, not prophecy. Although it's probably about the same thing. Yeah. They argue a bit about Isaiah. And uh, finally... He's brought up, uh, I, I think he's convicted of reviling the king. That's bad. It's like sedition, right? Yeah. So he's taken off, and, and Abinadi uh, is given one final chance by Noah. Noah says, King Noah says, if you'll just uh, go back and take back all the stuff you said, if you just turn away from yeah. Christ's teaching. And- just say kidding. Just psych. say right. Just say psych, and it'll be right. all fine. Just tweet or post on your Facebook page. You know, I was just kidding about that. Uh, <laughs> I really do love King. Take, take back, Noah. yeah. King Noah's awesome. Uh, then you know we won't kill you, but he stands firm, and he's always depicted as this buff old dude. Yeah, he's you noticed that completely buff. He's <laughs> like he's like in his eighties, beard, <laughs> full fucking old. white hair, and he's standing there like I just will kick your as fucking hell. ass. <laughs> He could break those puny chains at any yeah, moment. And yet, he is there of his own choice. So, he refuses, he stands fast, and then he becomes martyred, and he's burned at the stake, basically. He's burned yeah. to death. Yes, uh, in fact, they sent fiery faggots in yes. to kill him. He's burned with fiery faggots. He must have gone to San Francisco. For, oh, wait, Sodom and Gomorrah for that, I guess. <laughs> so, you can tell what's going on through Abinadi's head, right? He's like... Fuck, I've read the Old Testament. <laughs> Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego, they yeah. went in through the lion's They walked den, into the, the fiery furnace, furnace. Nothing happened. No problem. Yeah. Go ahead, light those faggots. God, it's getting a little hot in here. Yeah. Well, that, that seems to be burning a little. Okay. Um, uh, God, when are you going to save me? I stood I prophesied. S- I smell burning flesh. You can stop at any time. There go my eyebrows. Oh, God. <laughs> so, he burns to death. But this is one of those stories that Mormons are always like, Abinadi, so faithful. So faithful. In fact, it was because of him that Alma was converted. And then Alma, this one person, converted nations of people. Right, so through Abinadi's faithfulness, nations, you know, descendants, and and, uh, for what, like 500 years people were converted, blah, blah, blah. So now we come to Alma the Elder, who's the father of Alma the Younger, who gets converted in a uh, fashion remarkably like, like Paul. Paul. Really? What a surprise. Alma was rebellious and he fought against the right. Then one day an angel came to turn him to the light. Struck before his brethren, Alma And once again, you have <laughs> struck dumb atheist <laughs> knocked down and shown miracles. God, by God is fucking striking people right and left in this day and age. He really wants it's people to convert to him. He must. Amazing. The way he's doing this. So remarkably similar. Some would say uncannily similar to the story of Paul. Yes. Let's see. 
What was Paul doing at the time? <laughs> Persecuting the saints. Huh, what was Alma the Younger doing? Persecuting hmm. the Church of Christ. And they both get struck down. So, you know, when people turn away from the Mormon Church, they always say that they're like Alma the Younger. Yes, someday God Hopefully will they will come them. back. In fact, my mother is praying that I hit <laughs> rock bottom. That's right, yeah. So I will come back to God. It's, it's kind of funny. Oh, God. When I think of all the wasted lives from religion, it just it's staggering to me. It really is. Wasted fucking lives. It's, like, it's not like, you know, if you study Iliad and the Odyssey, at least you get some literary merit. But people who do that don't say, well, you know, we should be pro-slavery because as it says in the Iliad. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, what a fucking wasted life that would be to derive stupid moral lessons from the Iliad and the Odyssey. That's because it's a completely different and outlook. And pontificate on it. Yeah, yeah. We're, look at the Book of Mormon. We could look at it as literary if we wanted to, and it would be drummed out because it's shit. But people believe in this, so it's oh, kept God. around and it's propagated, but you're absolutely right. You look at the Iliad and the Odyssey, the beauty and the prose there. God. That is what lasts not this shit. So you're right. People waste their fucking lives on this. So uh, the story of Alma the Elder is he, he formed the Church of Christ, right? So <laughs> I don't know what the fuck's been going on for the last 400 years. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, Lehi was prophesying in Jerusalem about the voice crying in the wilderness. It happened to mention, by the way, that he baptized people. So he links that, of course, with John. Mm -hmm. Right, which is what Christians did, uh, you know, in the first century. But the the study, the the scripture in Isaiah never mentions that he baptized people, especially by immersion. They're very specific. He baptized people by immersion, by immersion. for yeah. the remission of sin. So amazingly, in 600 BC, he's you know looking 600 years forward. So they've known about baptism for I don't know since 600 BC. It's fucking in First Nephi. Yeah, but they don't actually start baptizing people until Alma the Elder in like 147 BC, organizes the Church of Christ. But then from there on to Christ, they They, they just can be completely baptizing. Now remember that to, for when we get to the story of Christ. Right. Um, <laughs> I do want to mention <laughs> the story of Ammon. Oh, God. You remember Ammon? I remember Ammon. Ammon. <laughs> <laughs> He's a prophet to the Lamanites. <laughs> now, I want you to, I'm going to play this little Book of Mormon because this is pretty much it. Yeah, and I'll do go the into signs detail. if you can remember. But, well, see, I didn't spend a whole lot of time in church. So oh, no. these extended verses, I don't know the signs. Too. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, so here's the story of Ammon as told to you uh, by little children. Ammon was a missionary serving Lamanites, tending King Lamoni sheep. I'm not fucking kidding. That story's in the Book of Mormon. Yeah, literally what happens is, is Ammon goes to preach to Ammon's the king. A, Ammon's a Nephite. He's right? a Nephite. He, if I'm not mistaken, was one of the ones that persecuted with Alma the Alma Younger. Alma the Younger. And in fact... This is, this is such a, a good story, apparently, that they made a fucking cartoon out of it. Because I remember seeing the cartoon. There's a cartoon. Yeah, Ammon's white and... <laughs> The King Lamoni is this uh, Native American dude with feathers sticking out of his head, oh, and he's God. wearing a blanket. Uh, and he's, like, dark, because <laughs> he's a Lamanite. <laughs> so he goes over 
And he's a missionary to these guys, and he gets in good graces with the king uh-huh. and watches his fucking sheep. Yeah. And this story, I kid you not, I heard a thousand times growing up. So what happens is, is Ammon is out there, and there are these robbers that come up, and they chase the king's flock, scatter them, and then while Alma and the servants of the king are gathering them, they steal away. And so what happens is, is after they do this once, Al, or excuse me, Ammon says to them, well, let's gather them. So they gather them. The robbers come to do it again, and all the servants are like, oh, fuck, what are we going to do? Oh, my God, I'm so scared. <laughs> and so what does Ammon do? He steps forward with his sling and starts killing the fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> so Ammon saved the king's sheep, and then he was a really valiant missionary. No, no, we didn't even get to that. So after he kills him with the sling, they figure out, oh, we can't kill him from a distance. So they come forward, and he starts lopping their arms off. I kid you not. This is the story. This is all in defense of the king's fucking sheep, though. The sheep. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, I, these robbers are getting pelted and beaten to shit with these rocks. You and would they think, choose to charge forward. You would think that one guy gets one arm cut off and they're like, fucking sheep ain't worth this. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's go rob some peasants. Look, <laughs> that dude's got a sword. These servants weren't even standing up. I'm gone. Instead, they Fuck keep charging shit. and losing arms. Are you kidding me? Yeah, right, right. So this one guy fends off all these robbers and saves the king's fucking sheep. Thank be- God. Because of that, Thank and God. of all the arms brought before the king, he suddenly says, well, Ammon is somebody I should listen to, but is so stunned because Ammon comes from the great spirit that he summons Ammon and then can't speak, just sits there and That's stares That's right. At him. He, he just was stares like struck at dumb and couldn't say anything because he was like uh, one of the the great spirits. He thought maybe he would have he could have been the great spirit himself. Yeah, could have been. But of course, Ammon begins to explain it, and what happens to the king? He is his heart is softened. Heart is softened, and he goes into a coma. He, he goes into a coma, just like fucking Alma coma. the Younger, exactly. which just fucking happened. Which just happened. Oh, God. And not only that, so here's Ammon wandering around. And people start thinking that he killed the king. And so the queen summons up Ammon. He goes in there and says, oh, no, the king's not dead. He's just in the thralls of the spirit. So he reaches down as people are like, no, fucking Ammon killed him. And he touches the king. The king comes up and starts bursting out glory to God. And then the queen and the king fall over into a coma. Just so fucking stupid. Oh, it's bad. Because then... People start rising up going, what the fuck? Ammon just killed both our king and our queen. So they start coming forward to kill Ammon. And suddenly the king and queen stand up and go, oh, no, we weren't dead. We were no, in the no, arms he of was, God. He, he speak the truth. He no speak with he four no tongues. He no speak. This, this white man did. <laughs> Trust white man. It's unbelievable. That's the fucking story. I kid you Oh, know. God. All right. So that's Ammon. And so basically what happens is they keep having prophecies. And it starts going like year by year. And month by month. And month by month. And it tells you, like, and this year passed, and nothing really happened. And then the next year passed. And, and It's to give, fucking ridiculous. To give you an idea, this is Third Nephi chapter 8, verse 5. This is before Christ even came. Oh, wait. We skipped Samuel. Oh, wait. All right. Never mind. We we'll get to Christ Samuel. in a minute. Let's bring up Samuel. We got to do Samuel.
Okay. So, <laughs> the story of Samuel. <laughs> this is in Helaman, uh, I think, 14 to 16 or something like that, if you're interested. Yes, yes. The story of Samuel is he's a Lamanite who is preaching to the Nephites during one of their bad times. And so... He keeps climbing on the wall and preaching to them because they keep trying to kill him. So he's up there standing on the fucking wall, screaming down at them the prophecies of God. And he only runs away when they get frustrated at not being able to hit him with arrows. So they pick up their swords and figure we'll kill him up close. He's on the wall saying shit like, And behold, he said unto them, Behold, I give unto you a sign. For five years more cometh, and behold, then cometh the Son of God to redeem all those who shall believe on his name. This is about 6 BC, okay. according to the footnotes. Believing that he could get that out without having a tongue twister. <laughs> Jesus Christ. They're throwing rocks at him and fucking tomatoes yeah, and arrows are flying. arrows at the fucker, and he's up there. Behold, Just, and behold. Listen to the specificity of this, right? Behold, this will I give unto you for a sign of his coming. Forget the fact that he already said, hey, five years. Yeah. For behold, there shall be great lights in heaven, insomuch that in the night before he cometh, there shall be no darkness, insomuch that it shall appear unto man as if it was day. So that's the big, that's the, the, the star, big I guess. star, right? what, what you're waiting for, the one sign. Uh, and behold, there shall a new star arise, such as one as ye never have beheld. And this shall also be a sign unto you, just in case the five years and the fucking night is day yeah. isn't enough. Yeah, I mean, literally, did we get this much from the Bible? We oh. got wise men following one fucking star, and in the Book of right. Mormon, God is brightening up the day so there's no night. But behold, as I said unto you concerning another sign, a sign of his death, behold, Jesus Christ. Get a new word, Joe. Get a fucking new word. <laughs> in that day that he shall suffer death, the sun shall be darkened and refuse to give his light. It's like someone's reading the New Testament and uh -huh. just writing this shit. Uh -huh. Uh, sun shall be dark and refuse to give his light unto you, and also the moon and the stars. There shall be no light upon the face of this land, even from the time that he shall suffer death for the space of three days to the time that he shall rise again from the dead. It's amazing. Like right out of the fucking New Testament. Yes, however, uh, that is incorrect. They say that they will not hear anything until he has risen on the third day. However, in the scriptures, in Third Nephi, he actually speaks to them in the darkness. So there's oh, one he does. There's the voice of the God, yeah. Yea, at that time uh, that he shall yield up the ghost, stolen right from the New Testament, yeah. there shall be thunderings and lightnings for the space of many hours. So he's preaching this shit, right? Yeah. Now, the thing that should pop into everybody's mind, especially Abinadi's, is God is protecting this fucker from arrows, yeah. and Abinadi gets burned to death yeah. with small pieces of flaming metal. Abinadi's up in heaven going, what the fuck is this shit? How did I get chipped? <laughs> He's got a fucking force field around him? <laughs> Heal him in 16. But as many as there were who did not believe in the words of Samuel were angry with him, and they cast stones at him upon the wall, and also many shot arrows at him as he stood upon the wall. But the Spirit of the Lord was with him, insomuch that they could not hit him with their stones, neither with their arrows. Now when they saw that they could not hit him, there were many more who did believe on his words. <laughs> In so much that they went away into Nephi to be baptized. And then this again, is, baptism, five yeah. years before Christ. Yeah, keep that in mind. Keep that in Th mind. This isn't the Nephi of first Nephi. This is Nephi 600 years later. Yeah, right? they, they've got that. This is the names Nephi. just pop up constantly. Yeah. All right, now we're to Christ's visit. Okay, and mother of Christ. This just gets retarded, so prepare yourself. By the way, um, the main justification for this whole thing 
is one passage in John. You'll hear this from Mormons all the fucking time. When you go, what the fuck do you mean Christ visited the Americas? They'll and say, open to John ten sixteen, where why? it says, other sheep I have, this is Christ talking. Other sheep I have to administer to. Other sheep I have, which are not of this fold. Mm. Them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. John ten sixteen. Now, not only will you hear that... Eat it, bitches! Yeah, you will hear that as an excuse to come to the Americas, but the crazy Mormons will use that to say that there are other worlds out there with other people, because according to Mormon doctrine, you become a god and you have worlds of your own. Right, and I've heard shit, you know, all this shit, like uh, the Lost Ten Tribes, which we'll probably also fucking get into. Lost Ten Tribes are on, you know, another planet. Yeah, and, then god, and God will bring him back when, when he's ready. Yeah. But I guess they've just been hanging out. Yeah, they've just been sitting there, you know, yeah. being righteous. <laughs> all right, all right, so. Uh, third Nephi 7. I just like this because Joseph Smith has no fucking idea how to write a simile. Yeah. All right? You can tell this isn't written by God or else God has tar- terrible grammar. Uh, all right, so 3 Nephi chapter 7, verse 8. And thus six years had not passed away since the more part of the people had turned from their righteousness like the dog to his vomit or like the sow to her wallowing in the mire. Now, typically when you do a simile, you have turning from something just like you turn from something else. You don't have uh-huh. turning from something just like someone turns towards something. Yes, because I have seen many dogs eat their own vomit. And yes. I mean, <laughs> I turn away from my car just like a dog turns to his vomit. Yes. Listen, dipshit. That's two different directions. <laughs> that is nothing like it. <laughs> what you, you mean the to opposite. say is that people turn to their sins and wickedness and unrighteousness like just like the dog, dog to, to his, his vomit. vomit. I'm just saying, God, your grammar sucks. Yeah, and literally, you will see this throughout. If this was a literary book, it would have been burned, and nobody would have been sad. It's total bullshit. So you go on to verse 18. Fucking awesome. And it came to pass that they were angry with him, even because he had greater power than they, for it were not possible that they could disbelieve his words. For so great was his faith on the Lord Jesus Christ that angels did minister unto him daily. All right. How can you be angry with him if he has so much power that you cannot disbelieve this, what he in is their saying? Small, stupid fucking minds. They think that people just don't believe because they're angry. Yeah. And so what happens is he says all this really convincing shit, and they see angels floating around. They're like, damn, that pisses me off. That pisses me off. They were right the entire time. <laughs> I guess I really did believe deep down. Fucking those assholes. <laughs> they're goddamn angels. Fuck you, people. <laughs> But that's what they so did. Much power, they couldn't disbelieve his words, and so they just get pissed off. Yeah, they just go, fuck you. I can't. Oh, and by this. the way, does the prophet today have less faith than Nephi? Oh, of course not. So he, angels should be floating around that fucker every general conference. Yes. He is the one that is the ear of God. I tell you what they're doing is they're giving him a blowjob behind that podium. That's the only way to keep that grin <laughs> on his face. <laughs> Brothers and sisters. Brothers and sisters, I'm, I'm awake. I'm very happy today to yes, come before you. Yes, uh, Trina was available. And when I say come before you. I do mean come. <laughs> I actually mean. All right, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> And on the note of On come, that note. Yes. Let's move to Jesus. Because what I love is Mormons always point to the Jesus in the Book of Mormon and say, hey, 
He was a loving God then. He wasn't this mean, pissed-off God of the Old Testament, anything else like that. And I say, fuck you. We're going to begin with 3 Nephi 8, where this has got to be just crazy. And now it came to pass that according to our record, and we know our record to be true. For behold, it was a just man who did keep the record. For he truly did many miracles in the name of Jesus, and there was not any man who could do a miracle in the name of Jesus, save he was cleansed, blah, blah, blah. Every wit from his iniquity. God, I can't fucking believe I ever read this thing cover to cover. You know, I was thinking about this when I was reading this. When was the last time you actually read Christ coming to America? Seminary, high school. See, that and that's, seminary. that's the same exact thought I had, and it makes me wonder just how much of a believer, I, or even how hard I was trying to be a believer, when here is Christ coming to America, and the, the next time I read it outside of seminary is when I'm an atheist making fun of it. Right, yeah, that's true. Even when I was going through the doubts and trying to figure out which religion was true, I didn't read the Book of Mormon. No. Uh, was, that, was, that was just assumed, right? Yeah, it was just assumed it was correct. We'd read it when we were younger, so we don't see this shit for what it is. God, but it's horrible. What I wanted to point out about this is, after all of that ex explanation just about how wise he is, the very next verse, 3 Nephi 8.2, he says this, And now it came to pass, if there was no mistake made by this man in the reckoning of our oh, time. Oh, fuck you. Now you he's just, hedging. You just spent the last paragraph saying there's no way he could be wrong, and in here, you hedge your fucking bets. Are you kidding me? Joseph Hiram, whoever you wrote, whoever wrote this, you know the ending. You can make it do whatever you want. You're writing it. He's, you don't have to hedge. He's setting shit up for himself right now, yeah. Joseph Smith. He's saying, look, uh, I did a miracle, and there's no way I could have done this miracle uh, except for the fact that I'm fucking totally innocent and I have no evil within me. Exactly. Hence, I'm a prophet. Hence, I'm a prophet. It's right there in the book. Right there. It may mean that I'm wrong, but I'm not wrong. But it'd be my fault if I was wrong. It wouldn't be God's fault. It wouldn't fault. be God's. So it's just me and my faults as a man. So at, at any rate, moving beyond that But I'm that a just man and I can't be wrong. I can't be wrong. Trust me. But if I am wrong, trust God. Then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, I am the mouth of God. So trust God. Oh, right. Trust me. All right. So... Let's skip ahead to 3 Nephi 8.5. And it came to pass in the 30 and 4th year, in the first month, on the 4th day of the month, there arose a great storm, such as one has never been known in that's all the That's pretty fucking land. specific, right? Yeah. That, that, that's amazingly specific. Uh, so apparently on January 4th, <laughs> 34 AD. Now, this begins. I'm pointing at this out because... He talks about the great storm, and you brought it up in the prophecies about this, yeah. this great storm. Now, this is why Mormons feel they can date their work so accurately. Unlike the Bible, it gives years, months, even days. Yeah. Now, it's shitty writing. Ad, ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. Now, it's completely shitty, but people like my brother Sean waste their time going back and attempting to mesh the timeline of the Book of Mormon and the Bible and try to use it to prove that the world is 6,000 years old. Yeah, your brother has a fucking, like, 9 megabyte Excel file. That he it's put 9 together. megabytes of text. Text programmed. My brother loves Excel. He can program the shit out of it. 
but it is nine megabytes of him going through every beget this to beget that to timeline everything. Therefore, the world is 6,000 years old. Yeah. Now, this is where it begins. Third Nephi 8.6. And there was also a great and terrible tempest, and there was terrible thunder, insomuch that it did shake the whole earth as if it was about to divide asunder. I like the next verse. And there were exceedingly sharp lightnings. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, that lightning was sharp. Woo. It, Ow! It cut right through that cloth. <laughs> Exceedingly sharp lightnings. So the city of Zarahemla took fire. city of Moroni sunk into the depths of the sea. The Hamid yeah. were drowned. Earth was carried up upon the city of Moroni. Ha. I want you to remember these names because, you know, they, they happen over and over. They happen over. Now, from 3 Nephi chapter 8, verse 8 to 11, you get just God being a general dick. Burning Zarahemla, throwing people into the yep. sea. And it goes completely against the faultless, completely fluffy, and good God. When well, did they, they mention that he's a pyromaniac? They pissed him off. <laughs> they didn't believe in him. Okay. Well, look at all those miracles. How many people do they have to strike dumb before they start believing in him? Well, and besides, they all believed in him anyway. Wait, wait, wait. Haven't we been told to watch out for kids who torture little animals? <laughs> so what about Jesus sitting here throwing an entire fucking city into the ocean and watching the people drown? It certainly doesn't fit with a God who would forestall the rapture for five months because he doesn't want to hurt people. Yeah, yeah, it, it kind of goes against that. But then you get this. This is just the people in the southward. So you start thinking, oh, I don't know what those people in the south did to piss Jesus off, but, you know, this might constitute a little anger management. Then you get to Third Nephi chapter 8, verse 12. But behold, there was a more great and terrible destruction in the land northward. They, they must have been really brown. Yeah, they must have been just, you know, I mean, literally Africans must have been living there. <laughs> I mean, what the Is, fuck? By the way, uh, was Samuel the prophet who, the one who said that I am afraid that your skins will be whiter than theirs? Yes. That was Samuel. That was Samuel, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Yeah, literally, I, I kid you not. The soft, fluffy God uh, that look, these Mormons believe in, fuck you. Oh, yeah, they need to read their own fucking pseudo-scriptures. Yeah. He's a total asshole. I mean, and we just read... And he's racist. He's completely racist, and he's an asshole. Read Third Nephi chapter 8 all the way up through Jesus, and you find out he's just a dick. Uh, chapter 8, 13 to 18, is just five more verses of how brutal Jesus is. Now, is it me, or are the writers completely obsessed with death and destruction? <laughs> uh, well, Jesus is. Yes. It's not that they're just recording this stuff. Jesus is doing it. <laughs> well, I understand that. Now, what you have is 3 Nephi chapter 8, verse 21. You have God beating the shit out of them for an entire fucking chapter. And then what does God do? He cast them into a darkness so thick they can't even start fires. <laughs> they literally, it, it literally says, I kid you not, neither could there be fire kindled with their fine and exceedingly dry wood so that there could not be any light at all. How the fuck did that happen? And how it was are so they dark you can't fucking strike a match. See, my dad, <laughs> or the exp explanation I heard from my dad and the church leaders is all the destruction, the volcanoes going off, yeah. sent all that soot into the air. My question is, how the fuck were they breathing when not even the fire could breathe? 
Yeah, uh, you need oxygen and you need fuel. That's it. For yeah, fire. So it must have just mur- forget fucking the scientific explanation because you dipshits don't know science. And stop it. Yeah, stop trying to scientifically explain it. It was just a miracle. It was a miracle because if you say it was a volcano, Thera, there is archaeological evidence of the volcano Thera exploding in Egypt. So something this bad would be all over the world. Right. You have to have something. What what actually happened was that he sent a bunch of angels down to blow out everyone who started a fire. <laughs> Eventually they just stopped. <laughs> All right, so you think that's funny. So they are cast into three days of darkness where they can't see a fucking thing, where you have to crawl on your hands and knees to find water and food. Yep. And so then you come to 3 Nephi 8.24. And in one place they were heard to cry saying, Oh, that we had repented before this great and terrible day, and then would our brethren have been spared, and they would not have been burned in that great city, Zarahemla. Does anyone believe for one second these people were wandering around after so much devastation and torture for fucking days, saying, I wish we could have been better people so our friends and family in Zarahemla wouldn't have been burned? I'm not hungry or thirsty or anything. Yeah, it's it's not oh, that we're that still would... fucking darkness and the world is still rocking underneath our feet. Oh, that I would have. God, I'm hungry. Yeah. You need the fundamentals of survival. Water, shelter, food. Uh, Lord, I haven't peed in three days. Uh, you ever seen those movies after earthquakes where you got people pinned underneath pillars and they're like in pain, begging for agony? No, these people are laying there going, I just wish I could have been a better person to save they're more all, people. They're all kicked back, laying down. Damn, I wish I would have repented. <laughs> it sure is dark. Yes, it sure is dark. This darkness I, is blacker than my skin. <laughs> Wow. Damn, I wish I would have repented. I wish Jesus would come down and lighten things up. <laughs> if we had one of those white folk around here, <laughs> fucking assholes. Yeah. All right, all right. Third Nephi 9. Third Nephi 9. This is now, great. this is the good stuff. This is great. Uh, and it came to pass there was a voice heard among all the inhabitants of the earth upon all the face of this land. This is after an entire fucking chapter on how Jesus kicked everybody's asses and tortured them. So this is Christ talking. Woe, woe, woe unto the people. Woe unto the inhabitants of the whole earth, except they shall repent. That's why I kicked your asses, so you fucking repent now. So let's let's get this. For the devil laugheth, (laughs) and his angels rejoice, because of the slain of the fair son. The fair. The fair. The white sons and daughters of my people. And it is because of their iniquity and abominations that they are fallen. Behold... That great city Zarahemla have I burned with fire, and the inhabitants thereof. And now Abinadi's going, shit, yeah, motherfuckers! <laughs> Eat that! Yeah, yeah, you know, you burned me with faggots, <laughs> I brought Jesus on my side! <laughs> Eat that shit, asshole! Sure, it's been 150 years, but I'm still fucking pissed. Yeah, I'm still up here waiting, revenge is best served cold. Sure, no one around there burned me, but fuck you people! Yeah, it was your great-grandfather. If you would have listened to me. And behold, that great city Moroni have I caused to be sunk in the depth. So he's just going over, just in case they forgot. We are talking 12 fucking verses. And behold, the city of Gilgal have I caused to be sunk. And if you didn't know, I also, the city of Onihah, and the inhabitants, and the city of Mokum, and the city of Jerusalem, by the way, and the inhabitants thereof, 
uh, and waters have I caused to come up to the stead thereof, to hide their wickedness and abominations before my face. And behold, the city of Gadiandi, and the Gadiamna, and Jacob, and Gim Gimno. You, you get the idea, people are going, get the fuck on with it, God! No, 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 no. Imagine yourself in this spot. You have just been through fires, earthquakes, you are in pitch blackness, the world around you is still rocking, and instead of God coming and offering you comfort... He lists his kills and, and behold, then gives a reason for it. They were wicked. That great city, Jacobugath, which was inhabited by the people of King Jacob, because he's, you know... Jacobath, right. yes, yes. Have I caused to be burned with fire because of their sins? And behold, the city of Laman, and the city of Josh, and the city of Gad, and the city of Kishkumen. Jesus, fuck. People are like, I, I get it, God. Yeah. They were wicked. Yeah. Now, my question to you is, did not Jesus say that he came to go to those who had fallen away from the flock? Uh, yeah, right. So who among the, you, when one sheep has gone off, wouldn't go after that one so sheep? So why the fuck does he come to the Americas and just stomp on every city around except the righteous? What, was he just menstruating because he was just crucified or something here? Was he bleeding out of one more hole than he was supposed to? Finally, in verse 13. Well, he's been crucified. He's That's true. Off. He's pissed off. So, yeah. In verse 13, oh, he, God. he gets 13. The, the comfort. 13. All right. Oh, all ye that are spared, because ye were more righteous than they. Will ye not now return unto me and repent of your sins and be converted that I may heal you? It's just like a fucking abusive spouse. Well, I have beat the shit out yeah. of your friends, your family. I've murdered tons <laughs> of people. I just listed fucking 20 cities that I kicked the shit out of. Now, won't you guys come and worship me? Yeah, huh? See. How about it? Join you or be added to your list of kills. I'm Sign not me sure. up, Lord! I'm not sure many people are flipping a <laughs> coin on this one, Lord. Could you get back to me next Tuesday? Yeah, yeah. Well, and then he continues. You have chapters or verses 14 through 18 where after all of this, all of this destruction and torture, Jesus still feels he has to convince them he's God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, come on now. We all know those guys and girls out there who want to be part of the crowd. Whether that crowd's the bunch of D&D &D nerds or the local biker gang. These are the kids that they sit there and they try too hard. And this is what Jesus seems like to me. He's trying too hard to say to everybody, Hey, I'm cool. You should oh, follow yeah. me. He goes on and on. I'm the light and the life of the world. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. Oh, and by the way... Don't do any more sacrifices, yeah. people. I won't accept any more well, sacrifices. Well, before, yeah, the great thing about that is he's got a complete hard-on because people are letting him talk for once. And before they've even accepted him, he starts laying down laws. None of them have come forward right. at this point to accept it. Right, exactly. Uh, why the fuck is he doing this in America instead of fucking Jerusalem where they fucking crucified him? I oh, hey, assholes. <laughs> you guys who crucified me? Fuck you! I've destroyed Rome! I've destroyed Caesarea! I've destroyed Alexandria! All those fuckers! Apparently he doesn't give a shit. Well, wasn't that... Doesn't give a shit about the Roman Empire, the Jews who supposedly killed him. Uh, but he beats the shit out of the Americans! <laughs> <laughs> 20 fucking cities! And wasn't the whole That's prophecy... It. The reason why the Jews didn't accept Christ is because he was supposed to be a warrior riding in yeah, to slay. Right. And now we have him in America kicking fucking ass, but where he's supposed to be accepted by the what Jews... What does he do in Jerusalem? He's a fucking pussy! He appears to like 12 people. Yeah. Hey, 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 poke my hands. 
Check that out. Hey, Seriously, hey, I'm Jesus. Come on, Thomas. Get your finger out of there. That's not a spear wound. <laughs> That's not your finger either, Thomas. <laughs> um, so he goes on and on. Oh, on and fucking on. On and fucking on. Don't Tell, sacrifice. Don't sacrifice. Until he gets to verse 20. And here he says, And ye shall offer for a sacrifice unto me a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Or spirit. At this point... I see Jesus as a fucking hippie sitting underneath a tree, strumming away. And uh, this is the point. You're baptized by fire and the Holy Ghost. And this entire people that Jesus talks about, uh, they do not feel it. In fact, verse 20, it says, And whoso cometh unto me with a broken heart and a contrite spirit, him will I baptize with fire and with the Holy Ghost, even as the Lamanites, because of their faith in me at the time of their conversion were baptized with fire and with the Holy Ghost, and they knew it not. So here's a massive problem I have with this. Right here we have an entire people repenting and going to God. And yet here we have a verse straight from Jesus' mouth that says they were baptized by fire, but they felt nothing. Right. Aren't you supposed to have at least a little burning in your bosom? Yes, that's the at whole least. point. This that's how seems... you know you've been baptized by the Holy Spirit? Yeah. This literally seems like another way to hedge the bets. For those yeah. people who do not feel anything, they can just point them to this scripture and say, hey, this entire people repented. Yeah, Jesus is being like an apologist for himself here. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't feel it, don't worry, because, you know, sometimes it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, you'd think the Holy Ghost could at least announce his presence, let alone the baptism. I mean, the exorcist chick was touched by an angel. She got to have her head spin around, and she got to shoot priests with vomit. Come on, Holy Ghost, send us a fucking postcard something. or something. No wonder everyone's a Satanist. <laughs> he does shit. So, so chapter 9 closes. Closes with a little lecture, blah, 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 come unto me like a little child, etc., etc. Now, mind you, this is in the darkness with the world still rocking and rolling. Jesus shuts the fuck up for a little while. <laughs> for uh, And the arguments are just repeat. He says, Behold, it came to pass that all the people of the land did hear these sayings. So fucking everyone. This is a total miracle. The likes of which has really never been seen before. Yeah. Uh, Every land did hear, and they did witness of it. So not only did they hear it, but they're talking to each other saying, Shit, did you hear that? Did you hear that? Did you hear Fuck, what this dude it. said? And after these sayings, there was silence in the land for the space of many hours. For so great was the astonishment of the people that they did cease lamenting and howling for the loss of their kindred which had been slain. Now, they just forgot. Oh, it's been three, da ah, three days long enough. <laughs> Shit, you hear that voice? Yeah, well, I think I heard it. And it came to pass that there came a voice again unto the people. So Jesus is like, oh yeah, uh, one more thing, bitches. Well, see, th this is the problem I have with chapter 10 entirely. This is supposed to be a special Mormon, or moment in Mormon... <laughs> ah, fuck. It is a special Mormon. This is a special Mormon. This is supposed to be a special moment. Jesus is coming down to his people, the kind, loving Jesus. These people are hearing the voice of their Savior in the middle of the darkness, so thick, they can't see, the, the ground is trembling. Their Savior goes on and on about faithlessness and wickedness of the unbeliever right after pointing out a people who repented and were righteous didn't even feel God. Here, here's what he says. O ye people of these great cities which have fallen, who are descendants of Jacob, yea, who are the, of the house of Israel, how oft have I gathered you as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings and have nourished you, right? Straight out of the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, and again, how oft would I have gathered you as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings? Yea, O ye people of the house of Israel. So he just fucking repeats himself. Um, keep in mind, he has just beaten the shit out of these people. Yeah. 
Oh, how often would I have not beaten the shit out of you? Yeah. These people are literally overjoyed that God has come down to them. They aren't terrified that they've been forced into servitude. We have a dictator here. Jesus has just kicked their fucking ass. And these people, as soon as God takes the light away, are over, or takes the darkness away, excuse me, are overjoyed. Not a single one of them are wondering, well, what the fuck? My brother, you said he was wicked. You killed him. How do I know that? I loved my brother. Yeah, you know, after he finishes uh, saying that, uh, by the way, <clears throat> I would, you know, like four times, I would really have gathered you guys, you know, like a hen gathers your chickens. But, uh, you know, if, if you repent and return unto me with full purpose of heart. But if not, O house of Israel, the places of your dwelling shall become desolate until the time of the fulfilling of the covenant to your fathers. I will fucking kick your ass again. Yeah. Basically, you are my servant Suck because it, otherwise I will throw another tantrum. Suck it. Suck it. And God's got to be shitting me if he thinks I'm going to swallow this shit. <laughs> and it came to pass that thus did the three days pass away. And it was in the morning, and the darkness dispersed off the face of the land, and the earth did cease to tremble. So apparently there's a er fucking earthquake going on the whole time he's yeah, giving this lecture. the entire lecture. time he's talking, during the darkness, there's an earthquake going on. And yet these people, <laughs> during that darkness, can talk to one another and yes. say, hey, did you hear that? I heard it. I heard it, yep. Well, a few hours are going by. <laughs> so, so that's uh, Jesus um, uh, talking to everyone at the same time. But he's not done. No. No, he isn't. Now, the end of chapter 10 follows with Jesus actually coming down and personally administering to these people. Keep that in mind as we move into Nephi, or 3rd Nephi chapter 11. Right, so this is the end of uh, the 30 and 4th year. Um, so Jesus is really hanging out with these uh, Nephites and Lamanites. Yeah. Uh, so he, he did truly manifest himself unto them. Uh, showing his body unto them and ministering unto them, and an account of his ministry shall be given hereafter. Therefore, for this time I make an end of my sayings. Well, what's even better is this. When you go into chapter 11, uh, it really starts to fuck with you because if you haven't felt the Spirit, it's because, as it turns out, you have to try really hard because the still small voice starts coming out, and people can't hear it. Well, by the way, it's really hard to hear a still small, small voice, voice in the middle of over fucking a fucking earthquake. earthquake. Yeah. While your city is fucking burning down, while your children are drowning. Yeah. So literally, this is what Mormons say is the reason why atheists don't feel the Spirit, is because this people here, amidst all of this with God trying to talk to them, it takes them three fucking attempts before they even can hear what he's saying. The cards are stacked against you, because... You can't feel a baptism by fire. You have to really try to hear the still small voice. And in chapter 10, the closing segments, Jesus appears to these people. Yet in chapter 11, as he's coming down, they think he's a fucking angel. And in verse 10, he has to fucking remind them he's Jesus. So you're telling me that we can't feel the baptism by fire, that we have to really try... And even after meeting Jesus the very next day, we're going to forget what he fucking looks like. Uh, you know, so much so that he has to go in and say, in, in uh, verse 14, Arise and come forth unto me, that ye may thrust your hands into my side. Oh yeah, thrust harder. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's this shit. Oh yeah, faster. Thrust it, baby. So, yeah. Also that ye may feel the prints of the nails in my hands and my feet. Uh-huh, stick it in. Stick it, baby. That ye may know that I am the God of Israel, and the God of the whole earth, 
and have been slain for the sins of the world. Yeah, what I love is starting from verse 12, after all of this destruction, after talking to them in the darkness, floating down from heaven, he has to remind them, oh, by the way, I'm the one that was prophesied, and uh, I'm sorry I just killed off entire branches of your family tree. So, come worship me. Um, in 15 it says, And it came to pass that the multitude went forth and thrust their hands into his side. Yep, and then after that they all fall to the earth like oh, good yeah. little sheep. <laughs> Every one of them fucking thrust their hands into his side. <laughs> Jesus is like, yeah, right there, baby. A little to the left, uh-huh. You know, the, the funniest thing is this story brings up just a memory of my childhood. Now, I remembered as a child talking to my father saying, were these early people stupider than we are? Because it, it didn't make sense that they could see all of these miracles and yet still keep turning away from God. You know, when I asked that question, my parents told me, well, look at the uh, Exodus. They had daily manna. They still turned away from God. Miracles don't assure salvation or faith in God. Hmm. Miracles are the fruit of faith. I'm like, well, that doesn't make any fucking sense because they didn't have any fucking faith. <laughs> yeah, well, my father sat me down and he says to me, son, when people turn away from God, they lose the light of Jesus. And without Jesus, you can't progress, therefore you regress. And this is the reason why criminals get caught, is because they lose the light of Christ, they begin regressing, and they aren't as smart, so they get caught by doing stupid things. Yeah, I was told that too, um, that light of Christ thing is really big in your family, isn't it? It's huge. They... Um... My parents always warned me that the people who, especially people who are blessed with the true gospel, yes, a lot more is demanded of them, a lot more responsibility. So if they cast aside that light, they go into darkness and they dwell in darkness and they become stupider and stupider. Yes, they can't progress because so, they don't have God, the true light that's right. knowledge. That's right. Without illumination, you have nothing. Yeah. So uh, he now in fucking... Third Nephi eleven twenty eight, and as according as I and according as I have commanded you, thus shall ye baptize, <laughs> and there shall be no disputations among you as there have hitherto been. Neither shall there be disputations among you concerning the points of my doctrine as there have hitherto been, because you know don't fucking have freedom of thought or freedom of, of speech. Um, just lay down the law right now. This is my doctrine, bitches. Yeah. And not only that, the reason why we kept bringing up baptism is because 3 Nephi 11, 24 to 26, has Jesus calling Nephi, the current prophet, calling yep. him out and saying, okay, here is exactly how you do baptism. And you can read it. This is how LDS baptism ceremonies are right. performed. Exactly. So once again... These fuckers have been baptizing for hundreds of years. Why do you need to sit them down and give them a list? Hundred and fucking fifty years have been baptizing, and Jesus takes today to say, "Oh, hey, by, by the way, here's how you do it." Yeah, sorry about that. I, I meant to it, send down instructions, but this there was is a probably why. Pot and, probably why yeah. we have baptism for the dead. Yeah. Oh yeah, sorry about that. Hundred fifty years. Fuck. Uh, do over. Yeah, do over. All those people. Yeah, you get, <laughs> you're, you're gonna. They're dead. But Fuck, I'll do over. Yeah. Now, uh, to close, uh, 3rd Nephi 11 verse 29 is a favorite of Mormons. This is actually how my family sees me. In fact, they have used this scripture against me. For verily, verily, I say unto you, he that hath the spirit of contention is not of me, but is of the devil, who is the father of contention, and he stirreth up the hearts of men to contend with anger one with another. 
They use that fucking verse to stop all argument. Yep. This no debate, no argument because there's contention. There's a, I, I sense a spirit of contention in the room. Yep. This is why my family will not stand up to each other. Will not stand up to my father. Will not even stand up for themselves outside in the world. It's because contention sends Jesus away. Right. The the Holy Spirit cannot be in the same room as a spirit of contention. And when the Holy Spirit flees, flees, fledeth, when the Holy Spirit flees, then you really, no knowledge can be gained anyway. So what's the point of continuing? Yeah. Yeah. Literally. And so I, basically when they're losing an argument, that's when the spirit of contention enters yeah. the room and, and you're done. When they're smug <laughs> and they're sitting there like, ha, you can't stand up to yep. me. That's when everything is fine. Even if you are getting pissed off. But if they are losing and they are getting pissed off, that's when they pull this scripture out of their ass and say, hey, we need to put a stop to this right now. All right, so we're not even close to finishing this shit, so we're going to have to take a break <clears throat> on the story on. of... Before we close, I just want to read Third Nephi 11.32. Now, Charlie's right. We have barely scratched this, but this is the biggest what-the-fuck I've ever seen in the Book of Mormon. This is how it starts. And this is my doctrine... And it is the doctrine which the Father hath given unto me, and I bear record of the Father, and the Father beareth record of me, and the Holy Ghost beareth record of the Father and me, and I bear record that the Father commandeth all men everywhere to repent and believe in me. So, let me get this straight. Um, you, God, and the Holy Ghost are all bearing witness on each other, but we yeah. can't even feel you when you baptize us by fire. That's because they're circle-jerking each other. Yes, well, you need the extra vessel. I'm jerking him, he's jerking me, I'm jerking them both. Yeah, there's, there's just complete jerk-off going here. That's what, the, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He jerks both of them all at the same time. <laughs> that's, that's why, why they keep him around. He's too busy to yeah. make that burning in your bosom. Yeah, well, he's only got his feet left over. <laughs> I mean, his hands are a little bit busy, and the friction and heat are right there in his palm. So that bur burning in your bosom... Is really uh, him jerking your spirit. Yeah, that, that's him trying to cool off his hairy palms on your heart. <laughs> we didn't. What was disappointing is we didn't even get. I think halfway through the the um, visit of Jesus to the Americas, oh. this might be our first. Uh, no, our, we did Hoven. That was a four part. Far, that's true. Four part episode. This might be a three parter at least. At least. <clears throat> I don't know if we, I'd like to do Q. Um, we, we do need to get to Q. <clears throat> I'd like to do Q. But we didn't even get to the Jaredites and God touching the stones and their fucking submarine barges. Oh, the whole point of the, yeah, uh, the tagline. Oh, well. Um, you guys can uh, swallow it. in mystery. It's yes. one of the you know unfathomables yeah. of Mormon religion. Hey, fuck you. We said we'd read the Bible so you don't have to. We never said anything about the Book of Mormon. <laughs> fuck you. So, Go read it. So don't seek the mysteries. Yes. Don't read it. <laughs> All right, uh, I don't know. We'll see you in two weeks, four weeks, six. I don't fucking, yeah, I don't know. We'll be Whatever. here. Bye. Bye. After Christ was